Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit is shut out by the Islanders 2 to nothing to go into the All-Star break on a loss. And, Scotty, we got to talk about it. What can this team do to right the ship? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. And Scotty is the host of Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Scotty, on Friday night, on the second half of a back-to-back, uh, the Red Wings lost 2 to nothing to the New York Islanders in New York. And, you know, we talk about ending the first half of the season on a positive note. Getting your first win streak since November to end this first half of the season and go into that break feeling good with momentum. Well, unfortunately, m- our fears were kind of, True. It ended up bringing true as I said it in the episode on Friday's episode that it felt kind of like a trap game. The Islanders were riding a six game losing streak, having lost 10 of their last 11. And, but looking at it statistically, they have one of the best defenses in the league, have one of the best goaltenders in the league. And the Red Wings don't score a lot of goals. Granted, their offense had picked up in recent games, but the two games prior to that, not a lot, not a high scoring game. So you're looking at it. And you're going, this just has, I have a bad feeling about playing the Islanders right now, how good their defense is. And unfortunately it was true. The Red Wings came out flat footed. And I mean, the over under was set to five and a half when we recorded and it was two. So it just wasn't a very poor effort by the Red Wings and the Islanders defense played fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this was, a very on-brand game for the Islanders, for sure. I mean, even we kind of looked at it on Friday's episode. The, You know, they had a six-game losing streak going into the game and whatnot, but a lot of those games were like one-goal, low-scoring, low one-goal losses, right? And so yeah. uh, keeping that trend going for the Islanders, just flipping it over to a win was obviously big for them heading into the break. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's the story of the season, man. Like, I, I don't... I don't want to broken record it. Like, I don't want to just keep saying the same thing over and over again. But, like, this team, if they want to get to the next level, desperately needs at least one person on the roster that you can point to and go, that's a pure goal scorer. Like, that's yeah. somebody that when when the going gets tough and when we are getting shut out through two periods, we need to find a way to get the puck on his stick. We need to find a way to, to get – that dude shots because he's the one that we're going to lead on. He's the one that, that we can rely on on even a semi consistent basis to put the puck in the back of the net for this team. They don't have that. We we're at the all-star break and are the leading goal scorer for the team has what 17, 18 goals in Dylan Larkin. Like it's, we, there's no one on this team that, that, I mean, honestly, like not to be super dramatic, but like even remotely like constitutes a a quote unquote pure like goal score. 
We have Kubalik's, who's a pure shot taker. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Right. And like we we love Kubi, and like he's a he's a valuable part of the team for that reason. In the same breath as that, but there there's no one on this team you can even remotely trust to score on a night in and night out basis. There's no one on this team, you know, like with, with the tigers, it, it's just to like connect it to baseball really quickly. Like the tigers for years, everybody's been talking about like, there's no fear bat. There's nobody in this lineup that like when they step into the batter's box, the opposing pitcher is like, I might give up a home run here. Like that, that isn't in the tigers lineup in the same way that, that there's nobody uh, on the Red Wings roster as it stands right now uh, on January 30th, 2023, that the opponent is game planning for like, hey, we got to make sure this dude doesn't put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, and like, let's not... Those players are really hard to come by. It's true. It's really hard to get them because when player teams do get them, they're hard to find. When players do get them or teams do yeah, get them, it's one of the hardest things to do in sports. They don't let them go. Score goals. Yeah. Like David Pasternak's a UFA coming up here and he's a pure, pure goal scorer. But I know that that contract's going to get signed with Boston. They're still in negotiations. And like, because why would Pasternak want to leave Boston? They're the best team in the league. And Boston is the best team in the league because of Pasternak. So it's one of those things where. It's hard to find them, and when they you do find them, teams don't let them go. I mean, the closest we had was Steven Stamkos a few years ago, and he ended up re-signing with the Lightning. So it's like you don't you, – there's so rare that, like, Austin John Matthews Tavares UFA. is – Don't sleep, yeah, let's go. It's so rare that, like, John Tavares is leave their teams – the Islanders actually, go, go figure – to go to Toronto. Like, that just doesn't happen unless the team is failing at every level throughout their entire career. And the Red Wings just – they need that guy. They need that guy, and they don't have it right now. And uh, and I've said this before. I don't even think you need it to be necessary. Like I don't even care about like point totals per se. Like I, I'm not asking for for a, a, even like an 100 point player or something like that. Like I like just purely goal scoring. Like like you just need someone that that you can uh, again even remotely rely on. Like there's no one on this team that 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 you can lean on for any period of time for any consistent basis to, to put the puck in the back of the net as it stands right now. And that's, that that's, that's it. And that's gonna, gonna prevent this team from taking the next step, uh, no matter what they do the rest of this season, no matter what they do in the off season, no matter how well the draft goes, et cetera. Like, I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom and like the sky is falling. No, but, but like, you're right. That is that like you look at all the best teams in the NHL. Like there's not a single one of them that doesn't have at least one, if not multiple dudes that you could, they point to and go like, Oh yeah. Like it, you know, if, if we go 50 minutes without a goal, well time for so-and-so to, to take the ice for two minutes and, and we'll get a goal out of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's that, that, that is, that will be, the thing that prevents the Red Wings from taking the next step unless they address it. And that's, yep. I think, the, the the biggest thing to address going forward with this rebuild. You could say every single team that made the playoffs last year had that guy. They they had at least one of those guys. Like the Predators had Yossi. Uh, the Wild have Kaprizov. Obviously, the Oilers have two guys in Drysaddle and McDavid. The Flames at that time had Johnny Goudreau. Yep. I mean, and, and, and it's player. developable. Like, I'm not saying no one on this team will ever, or no one in this organization will ever be that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that there's not, not a single visible. person like that's a, affiliated with the Red Wings that will ever be this. Like it's possible to, to develop into that. We have a, a good prospect pool. We have 
even like young talent, like Raymond, et cetera. Like, like we have dudes. I mean, like who knows what, what the future with Verona is going to look like. Like there are dudes that I think have that ceiling and have the ability to turn into that. It's just right now uh, on January 30th, that does not exist on the Detroit Red Wings roster. That's yeah. And it doesn't help either. I mean, coming, like I said at the start of the episode, this felt like a trap game going in, knowing the Islanders are on that losing streak. I just I'm like, this is this is the type of team that the Red Wings are going to lose to, and they yeah. did. And the it's because the Islanders have always they we talked about it on Friday again. Their brand of hockey is just lockdown defense. They do not allow goals against, even on their losing streak. Over half of those games were by like one, maybe two goals. Yeah, and they're all low scoring games. They just struggle to score themselves. But in this case, Red Wings defense is so poor that it's like. I talked about it. It was like the movable object versus the, uh, the, the force that, you know, right. I can't, I still don't remember Immo- the full immovable phrase. Immovable force and unmovable object. Yeah. There's something along those lines. But in this case, it was the opposite where they're both suck instead of they're both <laughs> unbreakable. Right. Um, the Red Wings defense just caved on two different occasions. What I do want to give credit to Anders Lee, that, that goal from his stomach or back was nice. Like that redirection was really nice, yeah, but nuts. yeah. You know, Brock Nelson's goal from the point, they just got caved in all game long. And, you know, we'll show, we'll throw the heat map up here in segment two because to keep, try to keep it less wide scope, but try and focus on the game as well. I mean, dude, just this team, they got caved in against the Islanders, man. The <laughs> Islanders wanted that win going into the break. They got outplayed for uh, a significant minutes. majority of that game. Yeah. So. Uh, but let's get to our first read here today. I got to talk to you guys about athletic greens. Our next partner is a product. You got to use literally every day. Start taking AG one because with one delicious scoop of AG one, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All those things. Start taking AG1 because it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, uh, gluten-free, or dairy-free, Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, but Athletic Greens costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water, one, one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to help to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we are talking about the Red Wings loss, the Islanders heading into the all-star break, and it was just a bad performance by the Red Wings overall. They looked sluggish. The Islanders looked motivated. The Islanders, I mean, we talk about how good their defense is, but they were dominating you offensively as well. You know, we're, we'll bring up the heat map here and we can really showcase oh, that this especially heat map. even strength. This, yeah, this heat map comes with a, a parental advisory warning. <laughs> this is not a great one. Yeah, Go ahead. Tough, man. You, you take away, mommy. Oh, oh yeah. want, you're going to give me the pleasure. I, I, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I guess we can start with our offense. We can save the worst for last. We'll start with the offense, which was also bad. Um, the dark blue would be 3.83 attempts, I believe. And 
if you notice, there is no dark blue. So there, there you go. You have that going for you. The wings just sporadic with shots, only took shots whenever they could get them. There was no consistency to the offense. There was no flow to the offense. If you watch the game, you're very well aware of that. Brutal performance offensively. No real, like, attempts, honestly, like, really anywhere. And then defensively, you have the sun in front of the net. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's circle to circle, man. And, like, past the, the hashes, too. Like, I mean, that's just – that's horrible. Yeah, it wasn't – this is embarrassing. It, it's This is an embarrassing heat map to have. I would expect the Red Wings heat map playing the Islanders with how good their defense is, but to see the Islanders heat map in your defensive zone for a team yeah, that, that doesn't play strong offense. This is not offense, a very good offense no, in, in New York. Like, no, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, let's, how, many, how many even strength opportunities did they even have? How many shots did they have at even strength? They had 24 five-on-five shots, and if this is almost four, I mean, that's a large percentage. Yeah, that's near. That, that means that those that aren't in there are pretty much like one attempt, probably. Maybe yeah. two. And that means these are all like one attempt. The Red Wings only had total in this game 23 shots. Ugh. Just barely crossing 20 is not great. Not great. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's the story of the defense. We talk about it all the time. Uh, if you listen to the show every day, first off, we love you. Second off, <laughs> second off, sorry you're... that we're so down when right. the Red play so well, poorly. No, like second off, like you, you've heard this a million times this year and I'm sorry to like keep repeating it, but this team doesn't give up a ton of shots. Like they really do. Like they, like they press at, at times and, uh, they have gotten way better at the outsides since, I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the season, how much they were getting burned around the outside and uh, how there was really no pressure around the outside like that. It seems to have cleaned up a little bit, but it, it doesn't matter when you, you can just kind of waltz into the point or even like literally right on top of the goalie and just get a shot whenever you want. And that's maybe they maybe teams don't shoot from anywhere else because they know they don't have to maybe it's that maybe it's not even like steps forward maybe it's just like oh we can just kind of like stroll into the point and just fire away whenever we want so why that's would a we, fantastic point why would we even it. shoot anywhere else because teams that take shots in the perimeter are teams that are desperate to get shots on that and, right. and teams you're not that play the Red Wings are not desperate to get shots on that because they can get high danger literally whenever they want yeah I mean, the best player at expected goals for percentage was Jake Wallman in this game. And his expected goals for percentage, Scotty, was 36.31. You want to be at 50 or better. He was at 36%. His Corsi 4 percentage was 50. He had an even strength. He had shot attempts 4 when he was on the ice was 10. Shot attempts against was 10. But after that, I mean, everyone, not a single player was above 50% on shot attempts. It's... It, it was it just a brutal game, which is really depressing. And I know it was the second half of a back-to-back, so you can play the you know their tired card because they had a really good game, I thought, the night before. And yeah, against uh, Montreal. Yeah. Thank you, Montreal. I just totally drew a blank right there in the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, much a, worse team, too. Yeah. Like, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I thought they had a pretty strong game. And so for them to come out and lay an egg the very next night was definitely disheartening. Well, Although it's just a way to have some like momentum going into the break. And like, now it's just kind of deflating. Yeah. And we'll talk about way- ways you can rebound in segment three, but 
I, I don't want to focus on the negatives anymore, even though it was like ninety five percent negatives. Uh, well, you can start wait. with the positives then, because yeah. <laughs> well, what? Well, let's one more negative. The power play was atrocious. You had what three or four power play? Oh my gosh! Yeah, was it ah, bad? I can't remember if we pinpointed which one it was. It was either in the second period or the third period. It was legitimately sure. one of the worst power plays I think we've had all season. Maybe the worst power play we've had all season. In the third period, I think the power play you had at the start of the third, you didn't have a single shot attempt. Yeah, it must have been uh, that one then. But then yeah. also, there, there was one specific power play. I wish I wanted to write it down because then, like, remember it for Sunday because that's how bad it was. Um, but I didn't. Yeah, no, there, there was. I mean, you got shut out. Like none of them were good. But yeah, um, yeah, the 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 one there was one specifically. It must have been that one. That was just absolutely horrific yeah the um and then after two of your power plays like almost directly after two of your power plays they scored yeah. goals which is yeah one in the second period was really brutal yeah not how you want things to go but positives one i thought magnus helberg played a really good game and mm-hmm. you know he's had to fight in his nhl career in his professional career to get minutes at the nhl level i think that was his ninth career start in a career that spanned like almost a decade now um and he played well. He had an over 900 save percentage. I have it up here real quick. Let me just give you the actual numbers. He had a 931 save percentage in this game. And his gave, goal saved above expected was 1.47, which means he was expected to give up even more goals than he did. Uh, almost a goal and a half more is what was expected for him to give up. And he saved one and a half goals above expected. And so he 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 kept the Red Wings in it. And, you know, that's all when yeah, it comes 100%. to backup goaltenders, that's all you can ask. Correct. And you're, you're, you, the, the bar for backup goalie is give us a chance to win. And he did. Yeah. Like, you're not asking Magnus Halberg to go out there and pull, well, do what Ilya Sorokin did. And again, he wasn't really tested 23 shots against, but you're not expecting that out of your Well, what? Then, then you just, even if he did, like, that takes you to a shootout. Like, no, the team gave him nothing. Like, the, 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 the rest of the team literally gave him nothing. He was facing high danger all night, and the offense got shut out. Like, that. that's that's literally all there is to it. And I think it is also fair to note that the Islanders, as well, went over 4 on their power plays. So, yes. penalty kills were effective in this game for what that's worth. So I guess I'm trying not to, I, I know that we've been kind of negative recently and even in some wins, I know that when two nights ago or two games ago, rather, we were kind of like they won, but like they played pretty crappily. Yeah. And but so it's hard look at like, the record since the start of December. Like, know, man. <laughs> like, yes, like you, you're right. We, we have been and, and, I'm not trying to be the person that's like, oh, like we won, but who cares? Like I will gladly take every win, but we we've won like what, like seven games since like the start of December or something like that. Like it's you have one of the worst win percentages in the league since December first. So like I, it's 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 been a rough couple of months, and that's. You know, we, we, we talk, we talk about the team every day. So when you have a rough couple of months, we're going to, it's going to be a lot of negativity for every day for a couple of months. Yeah, unfortunately. And you know, this is where this break is going to be important. And in segment three, we will talk about ways this team can kind of right the ship, so to speak, and become more consistent, um, on the win column. So stay tuned for that. And, but first I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. FanDuel. 
This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets your, you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score on a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid. You get can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash lockdown to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. So, Scotty. So, Brian. We complained and we moaned for the first two segments about how bad the Red Wings effort was in that game against the Islanders. But now let's look ahead. They have this entire week off, which is going to be a fun week for us as we, we have some liberty now to do some more fun topics and bring some people on. So stay tuned for this week. Just because the week's off doesn't mean we're off and some fun episodes are on the way. Grind don't stop, baby. Grind don't stop. So looking ahead, and you talk about things like they need a pure goal score. Well, that's not going to change in this week. Right. This is this roster that they have is the roster they're going to have come next week. You might get Zadina back, which is be pretty exciting. But I well, heard he's must, a goal scorer. Uh, Sorry, hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, my fault. Uh, <laughs> you're such an a hole. Uh, <laughs> but. What can this Red Wings team do in this week off to shake off this loss and correct course and get back in the win column more consistently? What is what is achievable in a week off? Yeah, so it, can we just get like one more negative thing? <laughs> like, oh, come really? on. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. According to, I think it was Dom of the Athletic, we talked about this last week too. The Red Wings have the most difficult schedule in the NHL after for the rest of the year not like right after the all-star break not just like the next month like for the remainder of the season according to his whatever formula that that spits out who has the the toughest schedule the wings have the most difficult for the remainder of the season is that gonna give a lot of people like this overwhelming sense of confidence in the second half probably not but now that that's over Got the, got the last bit of negativity out of the way. Let's think sunshines and rainbows, okay? First off, just from a health perspective, like you said, you might get Zadina back. I know that everybody has an opinion on Zadina and whatever and what he can be and whatnot. Um, the fact of the matter is, besides putting the puck in the back of the net, he was pretty productive pre-injury uh, and, had sh- and had shown some signs. So – That'll when be something. Just, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. But when you say productive, I think it's important you add context to that because he didn't have a single point in nine games, but his his Cor- defensive metrics were insane. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not productive in the point total. You're you're 100% right. Um, and even if you think he sucks and he's not going to play or whatever, that's fine. It, it, it helps depth. And depth is something that this team has the potential to finally – be like the actual full healthy team that was expected like going into the season, right? Like we, if you look at, at 
the first weekend. I almost said welcome weekend. Like the first weekend of the season. And we, when we were talking about the depth this team was going to have and, uh, you know, like expectations and who was going to play where, like we have not had a, whether it's, you know, Fabry at the start of the year or like Burt multiple times. I mean, like go down the list. It's a laundry list. Like you're finally have the potential knock on wood to, to have a, the, the depth and the health that you expected going into the year. So that's at least something that we can see, okay, now that we're all finally here, we can see what this team looks like. And not that it's going to be some dramatic change or significantly different than what it was before, but there is something to be said for having everyone actually like at health that you expected to be productive for you this season. There's at least something within that. Um, I... You're right. You're you're not going to get a dramatic change in like a goal score is not going to appear out of thin air. I think that some of these dudes are playing for contracts at the end of the season. And we'll get to the trade that deadline when we get to the trade deadline. Um, Cause that's a whole different kind of angle to add on to, to the second half of the season. But um, I, I definitely think that the the biggest thing probably for me is just that we're finally going to see this team as it was actually supposed to be constructed for maybe the first time all year. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really important thing to know. And again, give it whatever your guys's opinions are and the players who are getting healthy, you know, that's, th- that's not the point. The point is exactly what Scotty said is, this is this was the team as it was intended, and you're finally going to get the opportunity to see it. I mean, at the start of the season, Pew Suter was getting healthy scratched. Philip Zidino was getting healthy scratched because there were too many guys on the roster right. to to like be able to play them all every night. And you're finally going to be at a point where you can make those decisions again and have players that you know are most deserving be in the roster night in and night out. I mean, I know we already have healthy scratches happening, like Adam Ernie gets scratched occasionally and things like that, but I mean, you're, you're really going to be able to have this roster as it is intended. Now, also, I want to bring up, too, things that are realistically that could change. Like, the week, the players have the week off. They're going to practice on their own, I'm sure. But you can't coach a new defensive scheme. But when you come back, you can change up the pairs. And I'm sorry. I, I'm not really sorry. I think Ben Sherrod needs to be on the third pair. Because Philip Peronic with Olimata, his metrics were far better. Oli Mata and Philip Peronic were a bona fide solid pair together. Peanut they butter and jelly. Yes. Baby. They, they gelled man. And ever since they mixed up the, got Sherratt off the cider pairing, they put him on the second pair. And I know you're paying him $4 million a year. And I know he's capable of playing 25 minutes a night, but when those 25 minutes a night come at the expense of their partners, just protection. And I don't mean protection. I mean like production, produ- not even like, Sherratt will, and I, I like I like the edge he plays the game with, but he takes himself out of the play to chase a hit, and he leaves his partner on an island. So Sherratt is going to – I think he needs to be a $4 million third-pair man right now because he is – I always hate – being overly critical on individual players. Cause it's, you know, I, I try to remember the person too, you know, not just like the object. 
Well, and like, but, yeah, I mean, we're comparing him to the other best players in the world. Like, he's still very good at his job. Yeah, it's just, but you know, like we're comparing him to the other best players in the world. Yeah. To put it bluntly, he's underperforming what he's getting paid. And Correct. every single night, you know, he'll have the odd night, like the game against uh, Montreal, where he yeah. pl- has a fantastic game. He's definitely capable of great feats. And but the problem is, is those moments are so far and in, in between. The moments where he's at the bottom of the the stats. Every we don't even night. have to make you know like you're you're talking to you know like kind of wanting to like walk on eggshells almost. Like you can just pull up numbers. Like numbers don't care about anyone's feelings. Like you can just like the analytics just say that whatever pairing he's on, that pairing gets worse when he gets added to it. Like that's that like like that's that's objective. Like th- those are those are stats. Those are numbers. So like. I, yeah, I, I mean, I I would love to see Hironic and and uh, Olimata back on a pair together for starters. This and Dewalman and Snyder have been phenomenal at the top. Well, uh, phenomenal might be a stretch, but they've been a step up uh, as well. This is the Corsi four percentage for Ben Sherat in the game against the Islanders, the worst on the team. This is his relative to his teammates, worst right, on the team. Going to be the worst still. Yeah. This is his expected goals four percentage, well worst on the team. And his relative, I mean, it's this is this is what you Ben Sherat is unfortunately, and I, I feel like I'm picking on Ben Sherat too much here. But my point is, they need to revamp their defensive pairings. You cannot keep trotting out them like this because you're getting stomped every single night. The only right, pairing that's been wanting to, to re right, wanting to like re redo it and like find different pairings for different people doesn't mean that there's not still a belief that you can get productive hockey out of Ben Sherratt, right? Like if you, it's just that the two pairing, the two main pairings that they've tried so far this season have not been that that's all like, it's not a, you know, the next three and a half years are going to be awful guaranteed. Like that, that's not what we're saying, but clearly something needs to change still. And I, again, I think what he brings is important because he stands up for his team. We talked brings, about it when he signed pen to yeah. paper and everybody was freaking out about like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think it was an overpayment by a lot, okay. but I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that, but I think his, his physicality is something that this team really lacks and they need that. And I think the fact that he stands up for his teammate, I think he's a great locker room guy, but on, on the ice, man, the, the, the product is, it needs the, the defensive pairings need to be revamped. That's that's how I'm going to end it. Is they need to reapproach that um, as that second pairing. And it, now, it, like I mean, it's definitely not just Sherrod's problem. We talk about it no, every night. Not. The this, scheme is this bad. Entire defensive room has been atrocious in front of the net and in the point. Like it is far too easy for teams to just kind of skip to my loo right into the point and just rip a shot a high danger shot like that that's become far too easy for this team so it's 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 easy to point at Sherrod and go look bad numbers bad production bigger contract like that's bad but like it is this entire defensive core room group whatever it's everyone's it's even the forwards problem it's everyone's problem it's literally everyone's problem yep um it's Um, it's it's definitely not just one person's issue the one other person I want to bring up was Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, since coming back from his third injury, uh, but that was just a day to day thing. Since coming back from his second injury, yeah. his production still hasn't come. I don't. I think he's gotten one point since returning. And yep, I'll be honest. I think he's just trying too hard out there. And we've talked about that before. Like he he feels like he's he had a really good game against Montreal. I think he had seven shots in that game, and he just 
He had to hit the post on one. So he's definitely a little bit snake bitten, but I feel like he's trying too hard to be the effective player he was last year. And I feel he almost needs to, and again, what do I know? I'm a men's league player, but I feel like he almost needs to like let it come naturally, just play his game. And you think about what can change in this week. I think taking this week off, get away from the game and just refocus and refocus for the entire team, really, because we know on paper, this team is way better than it was last year. Like there's no reason. And they still are on pace for a much better season point wise, as long as they don't completely crumble in the second half of the season, like the team did last year under Blaschel. But I think Bertuzzi still has it in him to be that effective player that he he was last year, but he just needs to, He's got like a mental blockage right now, I think. And you can almost see it in the way he's playing. He's he's misfiring on one-timers. He feels like he's a step behind in the offensive zone a lot of the time. Even Prashant pointed that out on Twitter. So I think that it what can get better from this week to next week is a week off for Tyler Bertuzzi to just get his head right. Because he is, you know, he is a 30-goal scorer. That happened. That's a real thing that happened. He has that in him. And he, he has the capability of being a dominant top six winger. But he just... I think he's just in his own head right now. I think he's frustrated because he's had two broken hands this season. I think he's frustrated because it's a career uh, contract year for him. And I think it's just, I think it's just all too much. I don't know him. I'm not in his head, but like, that's just my speculation from what I'm watching when he's on the ice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think if you were to make like a very subjective list about, you know, who you think or who we think, could benefit the most from like a week off, like mental reset. I think Burr would probably be towards yeah. the top of that list for sure. I also think Kubalik would be up there as well. His, his product, like again, we signed him. Yeah, he is just a style of play thing. Like he's yeah. like we talk. He's just gonna grip it and rip it, and it might hit the net, and it might not. Like <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I've been noticing with him though is those opportunities aren't happening a lot. I agree with anymore. that. And I mean, part of that's because he's now playing on the bottom six where he should have been probably all along, which is where we projected him at the start of the season. But due to injuries, he was quickly on the top six and he was getting in a lot more favorable opportunities because he was playing with more talented guys. Um, but he, he just hasn't been shooting the puck nearly as much. He hasn't been getting the opportunity to shoot the puck as much. And I think he's been passive about his play off the puck. You know, we talk about where Raymond excels at Raymond excels at getting himself into good opportunities and creating opportunities for his teammates. Kubelik, a lot of the times is we get the puck. I'm going to go to my wheelhouse, his play off the puck. Definitely could see some work. His defensive metrics are brutal, but we knew that when they signed him, yeah, they signed him to be the guy who right. puts the puck a in the back. It's not going to change that. Like yeah. we talked about earlier, but so that's a different thing. Um, Scott, that's, that's the biggest things I, I think they could change after the week's off again, they're taking the week off. So drastically things can't change, but I think those little things could be addressed to make this team better and more consistent on the second half of this all-star break. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. The The biggest issue with this team all year is either no prolific goal score or really bad defense. Um, and they've had a lot of problems. There's certainly those aren't the only two, but those are the two biggest. Yeah. And one of those is not getting changed over a week. The other one you can at least try to address, even if it's unfixable over a week. So absolutely. So we will return tomorrow. We do have an we do have something scheduled for you guys, but because when it comes to like scheduling with other people, yeah, we'll wait till it happens before we. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that doesn't happen, we'll probably do like midseason grades or something along those lines. But we'll do that at some point this week anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's the perfect time to do it. All-Star break. 
So we'll be back tomorrow. Any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. I'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Where's my mouse? There it is. <laughs>